It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Raptors, we begin our season in review player review series where we go player by player through the Toronto Raptors roster, talk about the biggest good takeaway, the stuff that needs some work, and what to look forward to in 2022-23. Plus, we got our stat of the year and play of the year. We begin it all with Scotty Barnes, the rookie of the year in the NBA this season. He was pretty freaking awesome. It's going to be tough to fill the bad parts segment, but that's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1172 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, May the 6th, I think, the 5th, who knows? I'm Sean Woodley uh, from RaptorsHQ.com, of course. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcasts on all of the usual podcast apps in audio form. Plus, you can go to YouTube and join the nearly 2,000 subscribers who have hopped on board the Locked On Raptors YouTube channel. Please join it. It's a very fun train. Lots of good stuff going on and uh, very thankful to have you here today and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right. On today's show, we are digging into player reviews at long last. Not really at long last. It's been two episodes since the end of the season, but this is one of my favorite exercises every year, going player by player through the Raptors roster, digging into the good, digging into the bad slash things that need work for next year. Uh, We've got, of course, the outlook for 2022-23 as well, and a couple of new segments, including the stat of the year and the play of the year for the particular player in question. And that player in question today is, of course... Scotty Barnes, the rookie of the year, the number four overall pick who uh, just kind of blew all expectations out of the water, even considering he was a top four pick in the NBA draft, was just fantastic and really, I think, changed the way you have to view this Raptors team and their timeline and what could be possible with the core they have in tow. And so we'll dig into the very good parts, the big takeaway I have in terms of the positive side of things for Scotty Barnes. We'll dig into the things that need some work. And then, yes, we've got the stat of the year, play of the year, and a bit of an outlook for next season. Look, you probably got to temper expectations a little bit, right? Right? It can't just all be this perfect and, like, meteoric, right? I don't know. We'll talk about that at the end because I'm having a hard time straddling the lines between uh, objectivity and full-on fanboying over Scotty Barnes. So we will get to that at the end. But first, we should dig into the big takeaway from Scotty Barnes' season. And I really think, you know, it's kind of reductive, kind of simple, but the big takeaway here is that Scotty Barnes is going to be a bloody star and he's going to be a unique one at that. And I think it's just, it's a really 
interesting sort of player model to look at and talk about because he does a lot of things that you kind of you can pull elements from different players games and say oh that kind of reminds me of that guy that kind of reminds me of that guy but all told it's a pretty unprecedented package when it comes to what Scotty Barnes does I mean he won rookie of the year for a reason he is obviously just like an absolute physical force on offense he was listed at six foot seven coming into the season wouldn't be surprised if he's listed at like six eleven next season he just seems enormous he seems like the biggest player on the floor even when he's not and the offensive game that he offers like it's so in between and herky-jerky and weird, but bloody effective because no one can really stay in front of the guy. No one can prevent him from getting to his spots. We'll get to more on that in the stat of the year uh, coming up at the very end. But yeah, just a, a really, really fascinating player. And like I said off the top, he changes the timeline for this team. He changes the outlook. You know, I think this past season was viewed as a fact-finding mission. What do the Raptors have in hand? Is Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, are those guys going to be part of the next great Raptors team? And it turns out, I think that's possible because Scotty Barnes seems like he's going to help bridge the gap from the Kyle Lowry era into this new era of Raptors basketball. And he's made the gap a lot shorter as well because of what he's doing. Just to kind of refresh what he did this season, Scotty Barnes, uh, let me just pull up the basketball reference page because I closed my tab because I'm very bad at keeping the tabs open that I need when I begin recording a podcast. But all told this season, 15.3 points, 7.5 boards, 3.5 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks, shot 49% from the field, shot 54% on twos, 30% from deep on 2.6 attempts a game, started uh, all 74 games for the Raptors as well, and led the team in minutes. Uh, Not a small thing for a guy to do that in his first ever NBA season. Pretty impressive stuff. Uh, He was just a really, really brilliant, fun, and just delightful story to watch all season long, and it seemed like every time... There was like a a wall that he was running into every time it seemed like, oh, well, yeah, he's a rookie. He's going to get tired. He only played like 18 college games or whatever it was. He seemed to just kind of punch through that wall and really, you know, kind of make it work for him and, and, you know, sort of sorted out whatever he was struggling with on the fly. And to me... That was kind of the most remarkable thing about Scotty Barnes is that he is just such a quick learner, a guy who can process things, process mistakes he's made, and then apply them to not make those those mistakes again the next time out. And he did that all while being asked to wear a million different hats this season for the Raptors. And this kind of goes into the unique side of the argument when it comes to Scotty Barnes being on the road to being a superstar. You know... I don't think you can put Scotty in a corner. I really don't. I think the Raptors have to be very open to Scotty Barnes doing all sorts of different things because he showed this year that he can do that, that he can be a point guard who brings the ball up the floor and handles the ball and I mean, you know, initiates possessions and things like that. He can be an off-ball threat where he's just a thrilling cutter, uh, you know, making the 45 cuts. You know, you can run him from the elbows and things like that. Like, he does really, really exciting things sort of in the flow of offensive sets. You, of course, could use him as a screener and a roller because he's such a great passer with the vision on the short roll. Like, that's something I wish they'd kind of done more, honestly, in the postseason, a little bit more Scotty Pascal pick and roll. 
find find those matchups that you want. Maybe they're sending two to to uh, Pascal Siakam like they were in the final game in Game Six. They didn't make the adjustment quick enough to make Scotty the screener in those spots where you could open him up as a four on three playmaker, which I think is something that has a lot of untapped potential after this season as well. And then he can also just kind of like be your anchor defensively as like a rim protector. We saw this at times. He was asked to be the starting center or the nominal center, I suppose, kind of in concert with Pascal Siakam when the Raptors went with their small starting five. We saw him play a lot around the rim as that sort of backline defender. The game, I think, that really kind of stands out is from earlier in the season against the New York Knicks, where he just had like a world-ending defensive game as the backline rim protector and was just completely game-changing. And so... The things that he can do, I know there's going to be this sort of compulsion to like sort of put him onto one track. It's like, okay, he's going to be the on-ball initiator guy. He's going to go and try to be the new Jason Tatum or something like that. I don't think you can put Scotty Barnes into one box as a player. I think he does enough things well. His passing vision is so incredible. His scoring touch around the basket is so on point. Like, there's just so much there to tap into, not to mention the sort of hilarious defensive upside that he has. You know, a guy whose reputation has probably kind of already jumped ahead of his actual results. You know, he didn't have, you know, the most consistent defensive season by any means. And that's really where I think the Rookie of the Year conversation became interesting is because Evan Mobley was consistently an all-NBA level defender over the course of the season. And Scotty Barnes had his moments of struggle where, you know, in particular when he was on ball, smaller guards were able to sort of blow by him in a lot of cases. We even saw that in game six when James Harden got rolling against the Raptors in that Raptors Sixers series. Like Scotty Barnes oftentimes, and you know, along with Gary Trent Jr., were kind of the culprits there. And so, yeah, there's just, there's still stuff to grow on there for sure. And we'll get to that stuff in the next segment here. But he was asked to do so much that how can you blame him for having some holes in the game? And honestly, by rights, there should have been more holes, frankly, considering all the different hats he was asked to wear. You know, his role oscillated, of course, with, you know, guys in and out of the lineup, Pascal Siakam not starting the season, Scotty being pretty high up the totem pole, leading them to some pretty inspiring early season wins. That game against Boston really kind of stands out. The one where he just kind of, you know, said, hello, I'm Scotty Barnes. I'm here. I'm here going to ruin your world for the next 15 years. That was pretty awesome. Um, you know, and then, you know, OG goes out and Scotty kind of slides into OG's role without the shooting. So it becomes a little bit more of a sort of, all right, well, just swing it to him and you go play mismatch ball and he was able to do that pretty effectively you know there were times where he had to be the point guard or the nominal point guard or like the secondary point guard next to Pascal Siakam when Fred Van Vliet was out just so many different asks of a guy who just seems like he's able to take all of that you know duress and work with it and said all right well I got to do this today fine I can go make it work yes there were some games here and there where it was quiet where the efficiency wasn't quite there but all told man I don't know how you could be anything but totally thrilled about what you saw from Scotty Barnes in terms of just his information processing and then adapting his game to respond to mistakes that he made or lessons that he learned or whatever it might have been just a really truly remarkable regular season for Scotty Barnes and we've made this point in podcasts that we've done with Vivek Jacob recently that, you know, after the All-Star break, he was the second best player on the Raptors. And the Raptors won a hell of a lot of games down the stretch. As you know, he was brilliant. Uh, you know, the, the rebounding he offered, like, that's another huge thing as well. He just checks so many boxes, does so many different things on a basketball floor. Like, he is the kind of guy you dream on and, and that you build your sort of whole future around. And look, we'll get into it in the final segment. I think there are certainly some things that you don't want to do too early with with Scotty Barnes in particular like heap hilarious expectations upon him throw out the Giannis comparisons or whatever it might be that's a lot 
That said, he seems like the kind of guy who won't really care about that and is fine to go ahead and just be Scotty Barnes. And maybe there is no reason to put too much of a cap on what he can do in your number two. Like, it's a really difficult thing to try to decipher because, you know, the sort of the brain says, well, okay, you can't be like heaping that much guy on a guy who's 20 years old and just finished his first NBA season. And, you know, he was awesome for sure. But can you expect like another leap like that in year two? But then when you look at the progression in certain areas of his game over the course of the season, just or just from summer league to now, it's ridiculous the leaps and strides that he's made. And maybe he is the kind of guy who you have to evaluate differently the same way that we sort of, I think, have looked at Pascal Siakam as sort of a one-of-one one developmental case. Trying to find a comparison is is fool is fool's fool's errand. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a fool's errand to try to find a Pascal Siakam corollary in the league somewhere because he's unique. He is one-of-one. One. You can't evaluate him through the lens of anybody else because no one's really gone through his arc. Scotty Barnes could be like that too. Again, I don't want to say that for sure right now because he's 20 years old, but there's a very real chance that we're talking about a unique and sort of singular type of player in the NBA to which there are very few comparisons to be drawn. And that has to change your calculus of how you view him and going forward and what he can be, I think. And sort of, it allows to, you know, it allows you to put a little bit of irrationality, I think, into your evaluation of him because he was so irrationally good in season number one. So yeah, he's going to be a freaking star, man. I, I I'm convinced of that. When that takes place, I guess, is the question, and that sort of will, you know, shape how the Raptors approach this offseason and shape how they approach establishing their team hierarchy next season and things like that. But I think just overall, it's pretty clear from everything that we saw that he is going to be a star in the NBA, and the manner in which he's a star remains to be seen. But again, I think keep him on all of the tracks. Maybe he becomes the greatest rolling big man of all time. Maybe he is an on-ball wing in sort of the traditional Kawhi, Jason Tatum type mold. Maybe he's sort of an everyman like Giannis. Maybe he's a combination of all of them. I'm probably going to go with that last option as probably the most likely. You know, again, this isn't to say that he's guaranteed to be a top seven player in the NBA who can carry a team to a championship on his back because there are not that many players who can do that. But he, as much as anybody, has sort of suggested with his play that that is something that could be very much in his future, which is pretty bloody exciting if you are a Toronto Raptors fan. We're going to continue on here. We'll dive into some of the stuff that needs work from from Scotty Barnes here as he goes forward into his second season, gets the full summer of work within the Raptors system uh, and everything like that. We'll get to that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net. They're your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. Go and uh, check out everything you got going over there at betonline.net. They're going to help you make you help to make you the informed wagerer, which is what you want to be. You don't want to be just throwing money indiscriminately at stuff. Get the information from Bet Online with their podcasts, injury reports, league reviews, and everything like that, and then go and make the informed bet. You can head to the website today, use your mobile device, and learn more about the trends in the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, we continue on here with uh, the Scotty Barnes season in review, and we will move now into the things that need work going in to next season. Look, it's not a terribly long list of things, right? Like, he was so bloody good this season. I kind of think there's three things that he does need to kind of hone, refine, whatever word you want to use for it. It's not like he's starting from scratch in a lot of these things, you know, and I think probably number one, we saw it in game six against the Sixers where he was asked to take seven threes, only hit two of them. Like the three-point shooting, I think will have to come along a little bit here. Um, You know, it, it had some moments, obviously. He had some stretches where he was red hot and it was very exciting that probably inflated his overall three-point stroke and, and his numbers. All told, though, defenses don't really care about Scotty Barnes as a three-point shooter just yet. And look, there's a way to be successful without having a three-point threat, right? Like, we've seen it with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not to keep imparting Giannis's name talking about Scotty Barnes, but the the comparisons are, you know, pretty easy to draw to, like, a young Giannis and a young Scotty Barnes. Again, they're not going to be the same player. That's a crazy thing to say. Giannis is the best player alive right now, but there are certain similarities in the way they play and the way they can go about getting points. And I do think, you know, there is a way in which Scotty Barnes, if he never develops into a three-point shooter, can still be an excellent, excellent player because he is so physically imposing. And at some point, if you're just bigger and stronger than everybody else, you'll be able to get to your spots and score whenever you want. But within the construct of the Raptors, they need some shooting. They need some internal development from Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua, whoever it might be. They need extra shooting to dot what they've got going on already. OG's a knockdown guy, Gary Trent Jr.'s a knockdown guy, Fred Van Vliet's a knockdown guy. You got your knockdown guys taken care of, it seems. Maybe add one more if you can with the MLE or something like that, or hope one of your guys becomes that. Um, But, like, if they can just get average, guys who the other team cares about shooting threes on the team around those main sort of knockdown guys, that is massive. Like, Pascal Siakam... If he's a 35, 36% shooter, that's great. If Scotty Barnes can get to that level, unbelievable. That's perfect. Uh, get to the point where a team thinks twice about just leaving you out there. Like we saw with Precious Achua in the series against the Sixers, where he had done enough laying of the groundwork on his three-point stroke in the back half of the season to make Joel Embiid think multiple times. Like, oh, shit, he's on the perimeter. Should I go and contest this shot? And when he did, Precious was able to put it on the deck and blow by and score. That's a thing Scotty is going to be able to unlock if he can knock down threes at a higher rate than the 30% he hit this season on 2.6 attempts a game. Um, look, do I think there he's going to be like a 46% shooter anytime, anytime soon? No, he's not going to be Clay Thompson or anything like that. But if he can just get somewhere average, that's huge. And it does seem like his mentality going into the offseason from his post-game or postseason press conference was, yeah, yeah, I'm going to really work on that three-point shooting. It's a pretty necessary thing. And we saw the limitations of a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting in the playoffs for the Raptors this season. That's a very clear improvement area they can work on. So, you know, if you can get Scotty Barnes up to 34% next season or something like that on three and a half attempts a game, that's a positive step in the right direction. These things are not linear. We've seen guys oscillate before. You know, Norm Powell famously would go like up, down, up, down, up, down. It's not like a three-point shooting is predictive all that much year to year. But if you can get Scotty Barnes to go and and just sort of slightly uptick the volume and just increase the threat in the mind of the defense that he might just pull away from three, make it so you can't just hang back 10 feet off of him and dare him to shoot, Uh, which, you know, that's a dangerous thing in its own right because it just gives him 10 feet of, you know, space to just drive into you and score. But um, yeah, I I think that just kind of diversifies the type of damage that Scotty Barnes will be able to do to opposing teams and, you know, make it so he's a more viable, you know, pick and roll operator, for example. If teams are not worried at all about him shooting in those spots... It's going to make it more difficult to operate pick and roll. 
if they are worried about it, maybe there's a slight pull-up threat there. If you can be like a 33% pull-up shooter, a 31% pull-up shooter, something like that, that is pretty intriguing to me as well. Um, other things for Skyder to work on. I mean, the other one, I guess, is just sort of overall defensive consistency across the board. Uh, in particular, his on-ball defense. And maybe the Raptors look at sort of how they deploy him and try to put him in the spots where he can best succeed. And the spots where he was best this year was sort of hanging off the ball, being that sort of free safety, put him on the least threatening offensive player for the other team, stick him on a center, whatever it might be, and just have him cause a ruckus and be long and enormous and uh, chaos-inducing when he's out there. Obviously, you know, he averaged nearly two stocks a game between blocks and steals. If you're not sure what stocks are, I usually uh, <laughs> like to clarify that one because it's uh, it confuses me sometimes. But yeah, nearly two stocks a game as a rookie. That's really, really encouraging stuff. More than a steal a game. Like, he's going to be a guy who racks up defensive numbers because he's such a great off-ball wrecker. And because the Raptors are such a deadly transition team when they get going, you know, not numbers necessarily, but in volume and sort of at their best, they're just completely disgusting on the run. If you can get Scotty Barnes kind of in his element, off the ball, screwing things up for everybody else and making it so, you know, you can sort of play a little bit more maybe conservative for the rest of the like on the rest of the defense and not have everyone flying around and rotating at all times I think that's kind of an interesting thing to go with so uh, you know, th th that's a Raptors coaching staff thing, putting him in the position where he's best to succeed. But the on-ball stuff obviously will have to improve because there will be times where he has to guard on ball. The Raptors will throw all sorts of different looks at star players, small guards, wings, whatever it might be. And I think Scotty did a fine job against wings. You know, he's long enough, he's quick enough, he can kind of corral those wings. But when it comes to small, slippery guards, that was not his forte this season. And it may never be. He's freaking enormous. And guys are just going to always be a little bit quicker with shorter steps. And, and quicker strides than Scotty Barnes is going to be because he's just this, you know, athletic marvel, but that doesn't always lend itself well to guarding dudes who are a foot shorter than you. So we'll see, you know, that might not be something that he's ever like amazing at. It very well could be. I mean, he was branded as an incredible defender coming out of college, but in the NBA, he did struggle in particular with those small slippery guards. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he kind of refines that. Honestly, he could probably refine it by just not getting so close up into guys, right? His thing this year was small guard is on him he's just going to get right in their grill and that is what opens up those easy blow buys whereas he's so long he can afford to give those guys a little extra space so he has more room to to wall off drives while also still being able to con contest those shots right if you give Trey Young a little bit of room that is going to help you stay in front of Trey Young a lot more and you're still a 6'11 dude or thereabouts that he's got to shoot over from wherever he's pulling up from. So yeah, I, I think it's just a positioning thing. It's maybe just kind of reining in the overzealousness a little bit. And, and you know, speaking of that, I think that kind of points to the third thing that Scotty Barnes needs to improve on, which is just kind of like, it's weird. Understanding that he is like the smartest player on the floor, it seems, and like the guy who's seeing things fastest, because there were so many times this season where he would have sort of just sloppy turnovers because guys just weren't ready for the pass that he had seen three seconds before the guy even knew it was coming, right? Like, there is a certain art to being a great passer where you have to sort of know the limitations of the guys you're playing with. And there will be certain guys who are right with it, right? Like Fred Van Vliet, super smart player. OG's a really smart player. Pascal Siakam, obviously, I think because of the playmaking he does, plays off of other guys super well too because he knows the beats and rhythms of the job and knows the pockets of space to fill to then receive passes when, you know, a guy sees extra attention or whatever it might be. So 
I think there are guys in the team who can certainly kind of get on Scotty's level when it comes to that. Uh, but there are always going to be guys who it's just, you know, not everybody is like has like the genius basketball brain that Scotty Barnes or like a Chris Paul or LeBron James has. You have to kind of recalibrate to the guys you're playing around. And this is not to say that he's playing with guys who have no idea what's going on. That's that's obviously not true. The Raptors are a super intelligent basketball team and they play a very intelligent style. Um, but, you know, Scotty Barnes is just so quick with the processing and sees things so early that it's kind of unfair to ask everyone else to do that. It's kind of like, you know, when Wayne Gretzky goes and tries to be an NHL coach for the Phoenix Coyotes back in the day. And he's just sitting there like, why can't this whole team be as good as Wayne Gretzky? This is ridiculous. It's because you're Wayne Gretzky, man. You're not going to be able to tell people how to be as good as you. It's, you know, why star players always struggle with coaching. It's because it's like, all right, man, why can't you just see it like I do? Like, it's it's pretty intuitive to me. What's wrong with you? Uh, and so that's kind of the issue Scotty's up against. Look, I... I've been very, very outspoken on this podcast all year long. Do all the overzealous stuff you want on offense, Scotty. No look passes. I'm cool with them. Do what you want. But in terms of just sort of, and this happened in the playoffs, right? When it gets down to it, you want to be a little bit more sort of mindful of not turning the ball over. Ball security has to be top of mind. And you don't want to like take out the stuff that makes Scotty awesome, which is no look passes, which is that hilarious vision. But I do think he kind of has to understand who he's playing with at times and maybe dial it back a touch and sort of know who his teammates are on the floor at a given time before he starts throwing the most wild passes you've ever seen. Um, but again, uh, please, more no look passes from Scotty Barnes. If there's another thing to work on, it's doing them more. Do average three a game instead of one and a half, whatever it might be. More no look passes is cool for me. Um, just, you know, kind of know who you're sending them to, I guess would be the thing for Scotty Barnes to work on. Um, with that, we're going to move into the final segment of the show. We're going to take a look at my stat of the year and my play of the year for Scotty Barnes. I've already kind of maybe given out a Scotty Barnes play of the year in my Raptors play of the year when we did the season review of the whole team on Tuesday with Vivek. So I'll go with a different play. Uh, there's lots to choose from with Scotty Barnes, as it turns out. He's pretty awesome. Uh, I'll also take a look at sort of what we can expect for next season from Scotty Barnes. That's coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com with the ever-increasing number of makes and models. It's pretty much impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. And the problem with that is that they will only have like one option. Maybe they have to order an option in. They don't have selection. They don't have multiple prices. It's just one thing. It costs as much as it costs and you got to pay for it because your car is uh, in some trouble and you need to get back on the road. So what you should do instead is go to rockauto.com. They have a super easy to use website. It's so easy that I can use it, which is really the, the seal of approval. Uh, you just type in your make, your model, your year, and you can find all the parts that you need. You get specifications, prices, and different models to choose from. You can just pick the one that works for you, the lowest price, the nicest brand, whatever it is that tickles your fancy, you can go and get it at rockauto.com. You're going to get it for less than your typical chain store because you had that selection. Rock Auto has been doing it for 20 years. They are a family business and they have the same prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now to check out all of the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we move into the final segment of the Scotty Barnes Player Review episode. And on this, uh, in this final segment, we're going to dig into our new segments that we have introduced, micro-segments that we've introduced to these player review season and review episodes. So we've got the stat of the year, we've got the play of the year, and we've got the outlook for 2022-23. I'll begin with the stat of the year for Scotty Barnes. And that, for me, is his shooting when in the sort of deep, in the paint slash sort of short mid-range. That, to me is the thing that really stands out for me. It's something that uh, really should encourage you if you are a Scotty Barnes fan. This season, he shot 71% at the rim, 81st percentile per cleaning the glass in the NBA. That's bloody impressive for a guy who, it was kind of questionable as to whether or not he was going to be able to get to the rim all that much in the NBA. Was he going to have the handle? Was he going to have the, the explosiveness? Turns out, not a problem whatsoever. Also, we shot 75 or sorry, 45% from the short mid-range, which is in the 75th percentile. That's also bloody impressive. All told, all mid-range shots, he shot 64th percentile. He was 38% from the long mid-range, 51st percentile. All very, very encouraging numbers. If you look at his like sh- shooting map as well, it's pretty amazing. It's like totally all red and orange in the sort of short, you know, floater range and at the paint. And there's some threes. It's really not that loaded with like crazy long, stupid mid-rangers from 20 feet. He has a pretty decent, like kind of ideal shot chart that you might want. And the reason that I have his shooting inside 10 feet as my sort of stat of the year for him is that that's something that's repeatable and something that can be improved upon And it's something that I think is never going away for Scotty Barnes because he can get to any spot that he wants in that range. He is so strong. He is so deft. He is so sort of very refined with his footwork for a guy who's only 20 years old. Like he knows just where to be and to sort of, you know, throw a guy off with a sort of jab step or whatever it might be. Like he just is, you know, as our friend Samson Folk described him, he's the battle toad. He's just kind of bouncing around out there until he ends up in a spot where he can put it up. And his touch is just so remarkable from inside that range. Even when he pulls up from like 10 feet with one of those little one-armed floaters, feels like he's just kind of dropping it into the bucket. Like it's just a really sort of uh, like aesthetically pleasing thing to watch, frankly. Uh, it's it's really, really great. And he's just so good at getting to those spots. And this season, his shooting, like most of his shots were coming from in that range. Uh, let me just look at the numbers here on Basketball Reference. So almost 80% of his shots were two-pointers. Uh, about 60% of his shots came from inside 10 feet. Like that is a great, great thing to shoot for, a great thing to have. The rim pressure he offers, something the Raptors don't really have a ton of, and it's something that was kind of diminished this season for Pascal Siakam in particular, who had, I think, a career low in terms of shots at the rim because of the way defenses were playing him. So having another guy who can get rim pressure, that's incredibly important, especially a guy who's as good a passer as Scotty Barnes, where if you gets to the rim you know teams are selling out to stop him there he's such a good guy at finding the kick out or finding the big who's kind of seeped into the open space uh you know off of the helper and he's just so so good in that range uh you know only about 20 percent of his shots were in the 10 to 10 foot to three point line so really again not a whole lot in that long mid-range but 
He showed that he can sort of knock him down and pull him up. 39.8% from 10 to 16 feet, 38% from 16 feet to the three-point line. You know, pretty good starting points for a guy who doesn't figure to have to live in that range all that much and can really sort of get to his spot inside that 10-foot range pretty much whenever he pleases because of his size and his agility and just the way he kind of bulls dudes over. Um, You know, his three-point range, obviously, that's got to be worked on. About 20% of his shots came from deep, 30%. Uh, That's something, you know... I don't need him to be taking 35% of his shots from deep or anything like that. It's just establishing the threat, really, that's that's necessary. A slight uptick in volume would be good, um, but like the shot distribution for, for Scotty Barnes this year was really exciting. And I think, again, the reason I kind of pinpointed that 10-foot and in-range is because that's something that's not going anywhere. And I don't really know if you can defend that all that well. And I would assume there's going to be improvement from there, considering, you know, the, the, the touch that he has, the the sort of the way he learns and the way he's kind of battling through contact, the way I'm assuming he's probably going to start picking up more free throws as he goes forward here as well, starts getting those star calls. Like he's going to be a menace inside 10 feet for his entire career. It really seems like that. And that's going to be conducive to him being a great post-up guy, which he wasn't asked to do all that often, but he was very effective at it in certain spots. Uh, It's going to be very, very conducive to him, you know, on the roll and finishing in the lane like that. There's just so many different ways you can use Scotty Barnes. And because he's such a good scorer around the basket, like that just really, really uh, opens up a lot of possibilities for him going forward. Uh, a couple other sort of honorable mention stats of the year, sort of incomplete stats that are small sample that I'm very intrigued by going into next year. First one is that as a pick and roll ball handler, only had 0.9 possessions a game as a pick and roll ball handler per basket for, per NBA.com's tracking stats. Uh, but he was in the 94th percentile as a score, 1.12 points per possession in possessions where Scotty Barnes was the pick and roll ball handler. Like that is really encouraging stuff. Again, super small sample, but if you're thinking about next season, ways they can limit Fred Van Vliet's exposure, ways they can just continue to insert Scotty Barnes into the sort of night-to-night plans, a little bit more pick and roll from him would be pretty awesome. Like a precious Scotty pick and roll sounds pretty sweet to me. Uh, You get that pick and pop action, you get some lob potential there, and then you just get Scotty Barnes going downhill, which is just so, so thrilling. Any way you can get Scotty Barnes with at least a step to get going downhill, that's going to be trouble for the other team. We saw it with, you know, fake handoffs and keepers and stuff like that for him too. Uh, he just was really, really great at sort of getting that first step and then using that momentum to just take him all the way to the bucket where really no one can stop him. He, and he was scoring over huge, huge people in the postseason. Joel Embiid, not a chance. Just isoed him up a few times in game six. Not even a, a, like a, a chance to sort of get that shot blocked because he's so long. He puts it up so high when he gets it off that, you know, he can just score over anybody. One of the possessions that really got me early in the season was I think they were playing the Pacers in the first week of the year. The same game he hurt his thumb, actually. And he just like went right at Damana Sabonis and was like, all right, you're 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 seven feet tall. I'm just going to stop here and score over you. He's really good at sort of stopping and not picking up a charge. That was another thing too. Um, just really, really, you know, deft with his footwork inside that range. That's not going anywhere. And that is to me, the sort of pathway to being a star. He can work on the mid-range stuff. He can work on the three-point shot. But the fact that he's just so bloody good at getting to the rim and scoring when he gets there, that is something to me that is sort of the, the foundation of a guy you can build your offense around when you throw in the passing element as well. So really great stuff. Uh, as far as the play of the year for Scotty Barnes, I, I think, you know, there's lots of different options here. You can go all over the different places. 
I think for me, I, I didn't end up using this in the like the Raptors play of the year. I ended up using, if you listen, didn't listen to Tuesday's podcast, go back and listen to it. But for my Raptors play of the year, I went with the back-to-back lobs that he threw in Game 5 against the Sixers. Again, recency bias might have crept in a little bit there, but that was an incredible game and an incredible sequence where he completely stifled a potential Sixers comeback with those two possessions. That, to me, was like quintessential Scotty Barnes, quintessential 2021-22 Toronto Raptors. Um, the other one I'll go with, and this comes from his biggest game, I suppose, ended up being a loss, unfortunately, but the game against the Lakers where he has a look-back dunk in the eyes and the soul of LeBron James that was pretty fantastic as well, man. Like he just, he was just a monster in that game. He had another dunk and I think on a handoff keeper or he came around a screen and got the ball on a handoff and went and scored, dunked it as well. He was just brilliant in that game against the Lakers. Uh, you know, nearly put up the triple double had the, what was it? 16 rebounds or something crazy like that. 31 points. Uh, really, really brilliant stuff from Scotty Barnes. And that game was, uh, as fun, as Scotty Barnes sort of out, you know, home, homecoming. I don't know. Arrival on the, scene whatever you want to call it that was really felt like a, a game where people were like oh he might win rookie of the year like that that was the thing that kind of, i think kind of started the scotty barnes rookie of the year campaign down the stretch was that game against the lakers even though the lakers are a bloody embarrassment uh it was still a, just a remarkable remarkable stretch and that post all-star stretch for scotty was Something else, man. Uh, we're going to look back at that stretch as one of the best stretches for a Raptors rookie ever. Obviously, this is like the best Raptors rookie season since Vince Carter. Um, but, you know, he, he was just all-encompassing in that stretch. And that Lakers game was a great embodiment of it. And the look-back dunk into the soul of LeBron James really captures the spirit of Scotty Barnes, who tried a lot of look-back dunks, failed a couple times. It kind of became less of a thing as the season went along. He was very, very brazen earlier on in the year. Uh, I remember there was one, it might have been against the Nets or something like that, where... Uh, yeah, Andre Drummond might have been. Um, he was, uh, or was it the Sixers? I don't remember who it was against exactly, but he uh, tried to look back into the soul of someone and completely clanked it off the back of the rim, and it was also awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, Scotty Barnes, just the coolest, most brazen, most showy player I've seen in a Raptors uniform in uh, probably ever. That's the, the, you want to get hyper, hyperbolic and everything like that, but kind of is the case. He was that much of a just delight to watch night to night. So aesthetically pleasing, so cool to watch, and really is going to be on the short list for me of most cool players in terms of aesthetics and style for the next 10 years. Like, John ja Morant's up there for sure. There are certain guys who kind of have a, you know, I think Nikola Jokic is on this list as well, sort of a one-of-one style of play, and Scotty Barnes seems like he's going to fit right into that mold, and that really is the beauty of basketball, baby, is everyone's different. Everyone's kind of a butterfly. And uh, Scotty is certainly a very large, muscly, mean butterfly who is going to rip your throat out. That's fun. Um, unless you're scared of butterflies and maybe I've created a nightmare for you. Sorry. Uh, we'll go now to the outlook for 2022-23. And this is a really fascinating question, right? Is how quickly do you accelerate him? Does he just kind of grab it himself, right? You know, this season he had a 19.4 usage rate kind of falls in line on a team where it was very egalitarian. You know, I think Siakam led the team with like a 25-26% usage rate, nothing crazy. Um, you know, you don't have a Luka Doncic out there with a 35% usage rate on this team, and I don't think that's ever really going to be the case with they have when they have these guys on the floor, when Gary Trent Jr. is out there heat checking, when Fred Van Vliet's putting up threes. So I don't think it's like realistic or fair to say, well, Scotty's got to go be a 28% usage guy next season and really grab the, the reins of the offense. I would expect he's probably going to finish second on the team in usage next year, maybe third. You know, I, I would say Siakam 
pretty comfortably will be number one. He, again, is the more refined playmaker. Maybe Scotty Barnes comes out and is just like a better version of Pascal next season. That seems like a lot to ask because Pascal is freaking amazing and he's an all-NBA player. Um, but maybe that happens. But, I, you know, I think beyond Fred and Pascal, like, Scotty's probably third in the pecking order. I think we saw this season with OG Ananobi that the on-ball stuff is fun to dabble in, but it's probably not going to be where his bread's buttered. He's going to be a guy who is a great knockdown shooter, one of the best defenders alive, who can go and attack a closeout, who can be a second side guy who can be a great cutter and sort of opportunistic scorer. I think honestly, the long-term spot for OG is occupying the role that Pascal Siakam did on the championship team. And that is not a slight against OG Ananobi. Pascal was amazing that season. He won most improved player. He was the second or third best player, third best player behind Kyle on a championship team. That I think is very much a thing OG can go and do. Um, but I think it's pretty clear to me that you would rather more possessions funnel through and finish off with a Scotty Barnes shot or pass than you would an OG Ananobi. And so, um, yeah, I would hope that you get a you know a top three usage on the team next season for Scotty Barnes, bring it up to 23, maybe 24. Maybe that's a little ambitious, but maybe you run him with your second units as well. Um, you know, if they do what I'm hoping to see, which is move Gary Trent Jr. to the bench and bring Precious Achua into the starting five, like a bench unit where you're running... Thad Young, Chris Boucher, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and, you know, insert whoever else you want there. Like, that, to me, has some legs to it. And, uh, you know, I, I think Scotty getting more reps on the ball is not going to be a bad thing. If he can kind of run your second units, ex- limit the exposure for Fred, and just kind of get more reps there, I think that's super helpful. And that'll help boost up that usage as well, because he'll be asked to score in those lineups, too. Um, so there's that. You know, I, I think as far as, like, a numbers projection Look, it's really hard to do right now. Uh, I saw some sort of speculation yesterday that like 28 and 4 would be a pretty, you know, reasonable thing to ask for. Um, you know, I would say the assists I would definitely go higher than four on. Like, I think there's a world in which Scotty Barnes averages five and a half assists next season, maybe six. Like, could he lead the team in assists? Maybe that's asking a lot, but I think between Siakam, Barnes, and Fred, it's going to be a way more even distribution of who's running the offense than it was this year, where it was Fred heavy to begin with, Pascal heavy to to close the season. I think you could have all those three guys kind of be a three-headed monster of creation for you and kind of equally sort of dole out five, five and a half assists a game each. Um, As far as scoring goes, I mean, again, it's going to be tough to have crazy bloated scoring numbers on this team because of all the different options they have, kind of by design. But I would say, like, if you could get 21 a game out of Scotty Barnes next year, you're laughing. If you can get 20 a game, that's pretty good, too. I mean, 19 would be fine as well uh, because he's doing so many other things on the floor. He's doing role player things. He's doing star things. He's kind of filling in all the gaps. But I I think, again, you don't want to get too overzealous with your predictions for him because he's 20. But considering what he did this season, considering how he finished the year where he, at, at points in the back part of the season, he was averaging like 19 a game. It came down to like 17, 17 and a half over the back part of the, you know, the post all-star schedule. Still, you know, you sort of extrapolate that over the course of a full season with another summer of development. And I think 20 a game, 21 a game is very much within his, within his reach. And, you know, eight or nine boards, that feels like he's going to be good for that at all times, really, because he's just such a damn good rebounder. He's so great on the offensive glass. He really opens up that part of the Raptors game. Um, so yeah, you know, I would say, I would guess next year, like a 20 and a half a game scoring, uh, eight and a half boards and five and a half assists is kind of what I pencil in. And like, if you're doing that, man, you're kind of already in like the fringe all-star conversation, but he's a guy who just fills the stat sheet, man. It's, you know, a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more asked of him. And it feels like he's just going to be one of those guys who just accrues crazy numbers, puts up triple doubles. Like that's what's in the future here for Scotty Barnes. Do I think by the end of next season he'll be the best player on the Raptors? 
Probably not. I would still probably side with Pascal, but I would say year three, you could totally see that takeoff take place. And Scotty is, you know, all right, well, okay, it's the Scotty Barnes time, and he's just, it's everyone's, it's his world, and everyone's living in it. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you could start to see that sort of handing over of the sort of keys to the offense and keys to the team from Siakam and Fred to Scotty Barnes. It could happen next year. I think that might be a little bit pushing it just in terms of ambition, but uh, you know, by year three, year four, I would imagine that Scotty Barnes is the guy through whom most of the Raptors' offense runs, and you know that other teams are scheming for the most to stop. And if that takes place, boy, oh boy, oh boy, Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam are going to freaking cook. Uh, like if, like if they are not the apples of the defensive attention's eye, that is going to be a total game changer for the Raptors as well, because we've seen what they can do when they don't have so so much on their shoulders. With that, I'm going to round out today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's really fun to talk about Scotty Barnes, as it turns out. Uh, and I will obviously continue to do so over the course of the whole offseason. But we got more player reviews to come. Katie Heindel is going to pop on the show tomorrow. We haven't picked a player just yet, but that will be tomorrow. Next week, we've got Samson Folk. He's going to come on and talk about Precious Achua. Krina Mustafa is going to stop by to talk about Fred Van Vliet. We'll get some more guests in there to talk about more players. Vivek will be on Monday, of course. And uh, we will be pretty deep into player reviews by the time we finish out next week's round of show. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day, Locked on Leafs, as our boys Mike and Dave over there are breaking down everything going on with the Maple Leafs playoff run. Not so great in Game 2 for the Leafs against Tampa, but a very long series, it seems, lies ahead for your Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, Mike and Dave do a great job on Locked on Leafs, so go support that show. And with that, we will sign off, say goodbye. We'll talk to you again Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.